I came into boot camp feeling very broken in so many different ways. They were all circumstances completely out of my control, but they were circumstances in my life. And I didn't realize until we really started working one-on-one on my mindset and how I was showing up for myself that my whole life been so worried about what everyone else is thinking, feeling, reacting to that I never really took the time to honor my thoughts, my feelings to circumstances. And now that I'm doing that more, I'm feeling better. I'm feeling less stressed. I'm recognizing that I am in control of my own thoughts and feelings and that no one gets to control that for me. You're listening to the Stop Dieting Forever podcast, episode 150. If it were possible to achieve your goal weight and stay there permanently without dieting? Welcome to the Stop Dieting Forever podcast, where you will discover the key components that most diets won't tell you because they want you to keep coming back. Not here. This is your last stop on the weight loss struggle bus. I am your host, Jennifer Dent Brown, life and weight loss coach, and I am going to show you how to stop dieting forever. Let's jump into today's episode. Hey, Lux Lifer, welcome back to the podcast. If you're new, welcome. You are in for a treat because you're going to meet one of my long-term private clients, Tracy. In our conversation today, Tracy's going to share very openly, very candidly, why our coaching relationship is so important for her not just for the weight loss, but how beneficial the coaching relationship was for her in her role as an executive director, in her role as a wife, in her role as a mom to two teen boys. Now, as you listen to Tracy's experience, you may hear something in her story that may shed some light on your own weight struggle. Because here's the thing, y'all. Oftentimes you think you know why you're overweight. But the cause of your weight struggle may be something you're not even aware of. And you'll hear that this was Tracy's experience. Now, listen in to hear how Tracy went from working out like crazy at Orange Theory Fitness and all the places and eating 1,200 calories a day to being just six pounds away from her goal weight at the time of this recording and experiencing food freedom. I get so excited when I hear my clients experience food freedom for the first time. You couldn't see me, but I was cheering her on and I was like doing a little dance (laughs) as she was sharing that experience. And I know so many of you are going to resonate with Tracy of where she was before she started coaching with me. Now you'll hear that Tracy came in through a group coaching program of mine, and you're going to hear why she made the leap from group coaching to private coaching. And as you're listening, if that is something that resonates with you, you can always go to jenniferdent.com forward slash private coaching to inquire about one of my private coaching spots. And finally, before I let you listen to the conversation, you're going to hear exactly what Tracy realized she needed was very specific and why she decided to move from the group coaching container to becoming a private client. Enjoy this episode and my conversation with Tracy, and I will see you in the next episode. 
All right, Lux Lifers, you are about to meet the amazing Tracy Richmond, and you will hear why I think she's amazing. You know, Tracy, I was looking back to see when we started coaching together, right? You're a private client. It's been almost a year. It has been. We have been together for a while. We have been. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't seem like that long. At least to not me, it all. doesn't. No, not at all. So I wanted to have you on the podcast. You are six pounds away from your goal, right? Yes. Six pounds away from your goal, but I wanted to have you, and you're definitely going to hit it, but I wanted you to talk about your experience as a private client because you came to me in the boot camp. I think you were in the very last 30-day boot camp that I offered in 2022, or is that 2021? Gosh. I think it was 22. It was 22. It was February of 22, I believe. Okay. It was the beginning. Okay. So let's, first of all, just say hello, tell people who you are, what you do, all the fabulous things about you. And then we'll talk about your experience. As you mentioned, my name is Tracy. I live in uh, Spokane, Washington. I am an executive director for a medical residency training program. It's called the Spokane Teaching Health Center. And when I'm not working full-time, I am a full-time mom to two wonderful boys. Matthew is 19 and is at uh, the United States Military Academy at West Point. And Alex is 14 and is rocking his freshman year here in Spokane. So super proud of both of them. Uh, married my former high school sweetheart in 2020, right during the pandemic. And um, I didn't know you guys were high school sweethearts. We were, yeah. We actually met in high school and then... He went off to the military and met someone else and broke my heart. So thanks to the magic of social media, we reconnected about 25 years later and then got married in 2020. Yeah. So Dan and I just live our lives here with uh, Alex part-time and then our two crazy dogs. Miss Day, don't forget about the dogs. (laughs) So you're a dog mom as well. I forget about those two. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So we know who Tracy is the woman, right? She's an executive. She's a mom. She's a wife. You came to the boot camp in February of last year. Why did you decide like, this is the thing I need to do? For the boot camp, you know, it it was promoted to me by a friend of mine who's a, a friend of yours as well. And I had seen her posting on social media about how this program had been working for her. And I thought, you know, maybe this is what I need. Maybe something where I'm not being forced into 1200 calories a day where I'm constantly starving myself to hit those results on the scale and then only to go back to eating normally and see those pounds come back on was really intriguing to me. So I thought, what could it hurt? It's just a boot camp. I'm investing in myself, but if at the end of it, you know, it was kind of the same old story, different day, I'm really not out any significant amount of time. And so I was willing to give it a chance. And so before you started, what were you doing to like try to lose weight? You remember? I was working out like a crazy woman. I was at Orange Theory. I was at various gyms doing different things, but my relationship with food still had not changed. Other than I was just, I was significantly depleted all the time because someone had put it in my head that the only way to achieve the results I needed was to eat 1200 calories a day. And that was it. Yeah. And I was, and then work out like a crazy woman, right? And work out like a crazy woman and couldn't figure out why I never had any energy. Well, cause I was starving myself literally. 
So you did the boot camp 30 mm-hmm. days and you lost some weight, right? During the boot camp. I did. I did. I think I lost four or five pounds during boot camp. Okay. Maybe four. I remember you used to come to all the group coaching calls pretty much. It's the ones that you could come to. Mm-hmm. I remember your face was always like very on camera. It was like very serious. Like you were taking notes, like you were intensely listening to everything I said. And I'm like, she's a good student. Yes. (laughs) So you were absorbing this information and the information really is just the stop dieting forever process, right? It's now in a group program. It's what I teach my private clients. It's just morphed from the boot camp into other different mediums. But I remember your face being so intent. And I remember at the end of the boot camp. And I was like, okay, this is your next step. Like, this is what's available to you. And that it was a Stop Dieting Forever program at the time. I remember you like purchased before I even finished telling people what was happening. I was like, oh, here we go. We got a new client here. So what was your experience like making that transition from like losing the couple of pounds to like, okay, I need to do more? You know, I was seeing the successes on the scale were was helpful. I used to be terrified to go down in the mornings and weigh because any little blip in if it went up, it was like it could end my day and I'm like, well why am I doing this? You know, this is ridiculous. And I think that what the boot camp process really offered me was the way that my brain was working around that. And you know, on my office at work, I have one of the things that you'd said in one of our coaching calls which was it's all data and no drama. And that's I, good. I said that you did. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> that really stuck with me because you were the first person to really make me feel like this number on the scale is not a problem. Mm-hmm. It's just data. It's just a number. So why is that number defining how I feel about myself in the morning? Why is that number defining the amount that I eat in a day? And, you know, it's funny because now even in my professional life, when I'm having to do hard things or have hard conversations, I look at that little post-it note and it's like, it's just data. There's no drama. And then the other one too is is that you had said nothing will change if nothing changes. Mm -hmm. And for me at the time, I had lost my sister about a year and a half before, or a year before I came to boot camp. And I had been really, really intentional about going to grief counseling and making sure that my mental health was in a better spot after this tragic loss of losing her. But the one thing I wasn't taking into account was, what about my physical health? And I had really just let that go. I thought that if I just kept working out and if I just kept eating all these minimal calories and drinking protein shakes every morning instead of actually eating food, that it would just come. And what I didn't realize was that there was so much resistance in my body to just eating normal foods and being okay with it, that I was never going to get anywhere without some extra help. Yeah, And it really was a mindset, not what I was eating. The food was not the problem. I remember back to a conversation where you and I were talking about popcorn (laughs) and you're like, Mm -hmm. but Tracy, popcorn's not the problem. And you're right. The food was not the problem. It was my mindset that was the problem. Yeah. And your mindset was driving you to eat and consume more than you should have been at that time. Yes. Your body actually needed. I'm glad you brought up your sister because I was looking back at our notes. Like that was one of the first things we coached on. Once you became a private client, you were telling me about the grief you were going through and 
how tragic and traumatic it was to lose your sister. And I don't remember the exact coaching or the conversation, but I do remember, you know, you were worried about your drinking as Mm -hmm. well in the evenings. It was just a habit. You weren't like, you know, downing a fifth of vodka, but a couple glasses of wine with Dan, just enjoying and relaxing every night. And we started over time, started to tie those pieces together. Do you want to speak a little bit to that and how that changed you? Yeah, you know, you sit there and you think about like a glass of wine or a drink and just the empty calories that you're getting in that in a day. And it's really not doing anything positive for your body. I mean, it's not to say that I still don't enjoy a glass of wine. But what I have learned is that the drinking was numbing the feelings. It was increasing the amount that I'd want to eat. So not only would we have wine, but then I'd find myself in the kitchen, finding little snacks, finding little bites that I thought I was hungry, not really hungry. Um, Alcohol will make you do that. Yes. Keep eating. (laughs) Yes. And then also too, it was affecting the quality of my sleep. And it wasn't until we started talking about the aura ring and me really tracking that and then doing a little experiment this last week on having a glass of wine and what it did to my sleep versus having two glasses of wine and what it did to my sleep, that it really finally clicked for me like, Okay, so the wine is not the problem. It's the habit around the wine Mm -hmm. that was the problem. And that if I wanted to change the result, I had to change that habit. Yeah. And do you remember what the linkage was? The wine drinking was linked to... A higher heart rate and bad dreams at night. That, but why were you drinking the wine? Um, It was a social time for my husband and I to sit and talk. So that's what we did at night to just wind down from our days we would sit and talk and I, I really felt like we were connecting. And what I have found is, is that I don't need the wine to sit and connect with my husband. We have found other ways to sit and connect that are more meaningful. I'm more engaged. It's they're better conversations at this point. Yeah. I think so many of us struggle with connecting and using food as a connector, thinking like, Oh, I'm connecting with my family over a meal because it's very cultural, right? Yes. It's very cultural. Oh, I'm hanging out with my girlfriends. We connect over alcohol or we connect over, I don't know, barbecue shrimp, whatever the case may be. I remember I went through that same process when I first started dating my husband. Like we went out to eat every single week. That's how he courted me. We built our relationship around like really good food. Mm-hmm. So as we dated, like we continued to eat and I continued to not lose weight. But in the moment as you're connecting with people and eating, you don't think about like, oh, this is how I'm connecting with them. It's just what we do, mm-hmm. right? It's just like, oh yeah, we go out to eat every week. Oh yeah, we have a glass of wine or two after dinner every night. Like it's no big deal. And you don't necessarily tie those two things together. So I'm glad you mentioned that because I think a lot of us just culturally associate food with love. Yes. In many different ways. Yes. And my husband loves to cook. And so he definitely connects food with love. Like that is his love language is, is throwing something on the Traeger and smoking a big thing of meat for whoever wants to come over. And so I, while I appreciate that about him, I also appreciate that I'm the one that's responsible for dinners five days of the seven of the week. So <laughs> yeah. So what do you mean by that? You're responsible for dinner five days out of the seven. So he works until 6.45 at night. So I'm off earlier than he is. And on the nights that he works, 
I cook the dinners and I prepare dinners oh, so ready okay. when he comes home. Yeah. And then I make him do it on the two days he's off. Yeah. I was thinking, cause I have had other clients. I've coached other clients with who have husbands who like to cook and their love language is food. And mm-hmm. so they're following my process and they're like, but my husband just bought home my favorite chocolate chip cookies. And so when you said I'm responsible for the meals, I'm like, yeah, you are responsible for what you put into your body, regardless of what your husband does, regardless of what goodies he brings home, you are responsible for what you put into your mouth every night. You know, and I, and I find too that, like we had a potluck at work the other day and everyone brought cookies, cupcakes. It was Valentine's day. That was what this potluck was. And I had brought my lunch for the day and, and I went in there and what was so funny was, is that none of it really even looked appetizing anymore because for the first time in a long time, I could walk by the cookies and the cupcakes and all the snacky snacks and not even feel bad about it. You know, and, you know that makes me feel so excited, right? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Over here dancing. I love when my clients get to this place. This is food freedom, y'all. I've been talking about food freedom a lot on the podcast, but what you're experiencing, Tracy, was like, you look at the food and it's not even appetizing. You're like, yeah, you could take it or leave it. That is when you no longer have to worry about food controlling you. Like you control what you put into your mouth. Amazing. Absolutely. And I think too, you know, I go to different things and people are like, oh, well, would you like, you know, a piece of cake or would you like some dessert? I'm good. You know, I'm, I'm fine. Thank you. Cause it's for me, it's, I just doesn't even seem appetizing anymore. And it's not that I've completely cut out desserts. You know, I mean, we had a birthday recently and there was cake at the birthday and it's like, I'll, I will have a small piece of cake. But I think the other thing too is, is that I no longer feel obligated to finish what is on my plate. You know, I think, I don't know about you, Jennifer, but when I was growing up, it was like the expectation was you finish what is on your plate before you're allowed to leave the dinner table. You know, now as a parent, I can say, how much did my parents like actually extra load me up that when I was full, I was full instead of them being like, oh, okay, well, she must be full. It's like, well, why are you just not eating the food on your plate? And so, you know, you think about food habits and they start when we're very young and they continue into our life. And the other thing too is, is that working in healthcare, anyone who's listening to this who works in healthcare understands that 30 minutes is all you get for lunch usually. And so what are you doing in that 30 minutes? You're scarfing down whatever you can get in your mouth. And then you're hoping to take like, you know, 15 minutes to go to the bathroom or, you know, 15 minutes for yourself in your 30 minute lunch. And what I found was, is that I, my tendency to overeat was definitely there because I would stuff myself, not listen to any of my hunger cues, which I learned from boot camp is, was super helpful. And then I was hungry again in like 45 minutes because that food didn't even have time to like fill up my stomach. Mm-hmm. And think so about the stress you're under during your workday too, right? Oh, hundred percent. And if those emotions aren't managed, it's like, oh, got a break. Let me go eat. You're like, oh, let me eat my stress away in 15 minutes. <laughs> One of the things that I discovered recently about eating at work is that I was actually not taking a full lunch break for myself. I was eating at work in front of my email, taking bites, doing email, taking bites, answering a call, answering a text. And so now I've actually scheduled lunch into my calendar and I leave my office. I go into a classroom. I go into, I typically don't eat in the break room, but I I find a quiet spot for me. And I just sit and I just eat and just do whatever I want for 30 minutes. 
That's so good. That is such a good standard to have to put into your ultimate health handbook. No eating at the desk because you're distracted, right? You're mm-hmm. not paying attention to what you're putting into your mouth and it's very easy to overeat. It is because your your hunger cues aren't telling you that you're full. You know, when I never understood why my parents... Well, no, your hunger cues are telling you. You're just not listening to them. Well, there's that too. <laughs> you're just, you know, it's, like, it's like why your parents never wanted you to eat in front of the TV, right? Because right. you just, they're just continue to mindlessly fill your mouth. Mm-hmm. Same thing with email. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to shift gears a little bit. I know I said in the beginning that, you know, we've been coaching privately one-on-ones. We've been meeting every week for almost a year. And to the person who's like, oh my God, I don't want to like spend a year trying to lose my weight. What have you gotten out of coaching that is more than just the weight loss? Because what I teach, right, is like our weight, our excess weight is just an outward manifestation of all the shit that's just happening in our lives and all the things that we're eating to try to like feel better and numb ourselves and buffer from all the emotions. So what do you think you have gained in this process of, and I have to say, you're not the only client, private client that re-ups with me. Many of them do because they want to keep doing this work. But what do you think has been the biggest takeaway, I guess, from coaching for you? I think the biggest takeaway for me is, is that I am the only one that can control my thoughts and feelings. And I cannot always control the circumstance, but I can control how I feel about that circumstance. I can control my thoughts around that circumstance. But I also have gotten to the point where I am understanding now that I can't control anyone else's thoughts and feelings around a circumstance. And that I spend way too much time in my personal and professional life worrying about how everyone else is going to feel about something and not worrying enough about how I feel about it and not owning how I feel about something or what my thoughts are around something and how that negatively impacts how I'm showing up. Not just with my relationship with food, but how am I showing up in meetings? How am I showing up for my family? And it's taken us a long time to get to this place because you know, for the longest time, Jennifer, and you and I have gone back and forth and you're always saying, but Tracy, you can't control that circumstance. You can't control their thoughts, their feelings. So stop trying to guess what they might be feeling or thinking and stop trying to put your thoughts and feelings onto them. And you were right. You know, there was just such a resistance around that for me because I'm so used to being in control of everything around me that when I realized that really the only thing I was ever in control of was me. Yeah. And And it's stressful trying to control everyone, everybody, and trying to control all the things. Well, and it wasn't producing the results I wanted. So once I could get to the point where I realized, like, I can't control this circumstance, it happened. What I am in charge of are my thoughts, my feelings, and my actions around that circumstance. And that someone else in the same circumstance is going to have their own thoughts and feelings and actions that are completely separate of me, has nothing to do with me. Yeah. It's the same thing with food. I think we've talked a lot about my upcoming travels and we spent a long time weeks ago talking about my concern over not being able to control what food might be available to me. And that that was really stressing me out that morning. And it's just a circumstance. And so what are my thoughts around this circumstance? What are my feelings? What am I going to do? 
And with your help with the coaching, you pull me out of those spirals on those times where I'm just struggling. And you do it in such a way that it's like, I don't feel like I'm being shamed. I don't feel like I'm an idiot. You honor that I'm feeling that way, but you also don't let me stay there. We talked a lot about Problemville and living in Problemville. And I can tell you that that was my default. Just to go back to all of the problems. And I, you know, I think we talked about the rent sign in Problemville and how you know I had unpacked my bags and I was living there for quite a while. Setting up camp, like here we are. Setting up camp. And I feel even more now like I don't live there. And I have the strategies and the tools as being a private client of yours to recognize when I'm headed there. And okay, so how can I take a step back and think about this in a different way and process my feelings? And what's funny is, is, you know, the model that you taught us in the boot camp, the CTFAR is a model that I've actually for my son. He's been struggling in some things at West Point. And teaching him how to work through that, just quickly jot it down and run through it. In five minutes, you'll be feeling much better. It's a model I've used with my team. It's a model that I've used just on a sheet of paper at work before I have to have a tough conversation. That model has really changed my mindset around things. And it helps refocus me when I can feel myself start to spiral. Yeah, it's a game changer. And it's like something that you will never, ever learn in a traditional conventional diet or a conventional way of like losing weight. Nobody's teaching you that. There are everyone is saying, exercise more, cut your calories by 500 every single week. And it is a game changer. When I learned it, I was like, oh, yes. I was like, this is a missing component for sure. For sure. It just allows you to take responsibility for your results. You know, and I think too that when I first started, you know, I came into boot camp feeling very broken in so many different ways. They were all circumstances completely out of my control, but they were circumstances in my life. And I didn't realize until we really started working one on one on my mindset and how I was showing up for myself that my whole life been so worried about what everyone else is thinking, feeling, reacting to that I never really took the time to honor my thoughts, my feelings to circumstances. And now that I'm doing that more, it's taking some people off guard. They're not used <laughs> to this Tracy to Tracy, as we say. Yeah. But I'm feeling better. I'm feeling less stressed. I'm recognizing that I am in control of my own thoughts and feelings and that no one gets to control that for me. Yeah. I think it's so easy to hear you say that and be like, oh yeah, of course, that's what you need to do. Like take control of your own thoughts and take control of your own. But when you're in it and when you've been existing and responding to people a certain way for so many years, it's not that easy, right? It takes a lot of intentional work to get there. Absolutely. And to all of my people, please seeing colleagues and fellow sisters that are out there listening to this right now, Trust me, it is not an easy process. There are still days where I, the natural tendency is to revert back to, okay, well, what's going to make this person happy? If I just don't say this, then it's not going to create the conflict and then we can all just move on. And there is still that resistance. And I think that, you know, when we ended our first contract for coaching, 
that was something I still needed help with was the resistance. You know, I could have gone off on my own and said that I'm going to do all these things. But in reality, I knew deep down, I was not ready to not continue to work with you. And I'm feeling through in the second contract, way more confident. I feel like we're actually getting down to making some real changes in me. And that is translating in my stress. That is translating in better sleep. That is translating in how I'm eating. And so, so much of my life is changing, but it's changing for the positive because it's changing for me. I feel a more confident employee, a confident executive director. I'm showing up in different ways for my kids and I'm showing up in different ways for my husband. And it's been good. Yeah, I think it's it's been great for me to watch you go through this transformation because now, you know, I see the weight just like trending down so quickly now. And for you to come to the call, like our last call, you had a stupendous week at work. You had a, like a really, really big win. It's so big. It got like media coverage and the press is calling. I see that result. And I'm like, the work that you have been putting in helped you create that result. And I feel that too. I do feel that. I feel more confidence. You know, I think I shared it at a conference and there was a speaker who encouraging all of us to say, I belong in this room when you show up to a meeting, an event. And I never really was one for manifesting things. But when I started doing that, I noticed that the resistance in my brain also went down. I belong in this room. I know what I'm talking about. Yes, I may be surrounded by doctors, but it's okay. I'm good. I'm just as smart as they are. And that positive self-talk and that positive coaching, which we learned from you know you with the self-coaching piece, has really made a difference in, in how I'm showing up professionally as well, which is why I'm having these wins. It's not just because I got lucky. It's I've been working hard at it. You've been working really hard at it. And if I may share the reason why you decided to continue for the next agreement, because you're like, you know, I need some support around this role. Things in, at work are transforming and transitioning, and I'm not ready to give up the support yet. You're right. It will manifest in other ways too. You know, the continued coaching will help with the with the weight piece, but having you as a coach and knowing that every week I can come to you and say, there's a scenario I want to work through, or there's a circumstance I need to talk through today that we can have an open and honest conversation about how it went, maybe what could I have done differently is so helpful to me and is really just building my overall confidence. Yeah. And I can see you blossoming. It's Oh, yesterday I was so excited. I was like, my client is killing it. So good. <laughs> so good. So I just want to ask you this question. Before you made the transition into private coaching, you were in the group and you're coming to group coaching calls. But what was the decision point for you? Like, what's the difference between for you for the group coaching? And then you say, you know what, I need whatever that is. And I'm going to sign up for private coaching. You know, I loved the group coaching because it made me feel like I was not alone. You're great about bringing on people who have been with you for a while, you know, as private clients, and then they're in the group coaching call. And I, I just got to thinking like there were some really specific things that I knew that I needed to focus on that I thought that the one-on-one 
would be more beneficial for me, the private coaching, than just continuing to participate in group coaching. And it's not that it wasn't useful. I just felt that some of my circumstances, I just needed a little bit of extra support. I needed that just Tracy and Jennifer time. And that's actually how you're in my calendar is Tracy and Jennifer time. (laughs) Because I can talk through how I'm feeling and I'm not dominating the conversation in a group call when there are so many others that probably need to talk to you just as much as I do. And so I just, I really felt like I would benefit if we could just really get down to the why of things that had happened in my life and, and how I'd gotten to where I was at. The private client option just seemed like the best option for me. Yeah. As we wrap up this conversation, Tracy, thinking about who you were this time last year, right? Before you knew of Jennifer Dent Brown, before you knew of Stop Dieting Forever, before you knew what you know now, there are women out there who are just like you, right? In executive leadership roles, who are moms, who are wives, who are traveling for work, like who are doing all of the things. And they're still struggling with their weight. And they haven't yet made that connection of like, the way that I'm managing my life and my emotions contributes to my weight, right? They haven't made that connection yet. What would you say now to that person who you were over a year ago? What would you say to her now? I would say to her, you were worth the investment in yourself. I would say to her, you were worth all of the resistance, all of the doubt that this was actually going to work. You were worth the time and the hours spent journaling, the hours spent thinking about my mindset, that I was worth all of that. And you are too. And the thing that I can say confidently now is I was not showing up for myself. And so the way I was showing up for everyone else in my life was not helpful either, in my opinion. I was burned out. I was tired. I was self-conscious about how I looked in the mirror. I used to hate it when my husband would come up behind me and wrap his arms around me because I felt like he was measuring how much bigger I was getting. Mm. And that self-confidence problem really showed up at work too. I would defer, I would avoid conflict, I would agree even if I didn't agree. And changing my mindset has changed my life. And doing this work, while it's been really hard, has been worth it and will continue to be worth it because our relationship as private clients may end, Jennifer, it'll end at some point, but the work continues because it's easy to go back to what worked, even if it was negative and affected me negatively, the work will continue. And it's something I have to think about every day. And it would be easy to go back to pack my bags and boxes and end up back in Problemville because that's what I was so used to, but it's not worth it because I will also go back to feeling how I felt. I will also go back to my food choices about what I'm putting in my mouth and I will feel out of control because I can't control everyone else's feelings about circumstances. So it's, to me, it's, at this point, it would not be worth it. And the investment in myself is what is worth it. It will help me show up 
better for everyone else as well. Yeah. And your confidence level has like gone through the roof. So your confidence, I'm just going to ask you this question live. (laughs) What is your confidence? Like, what is the belief in your ability to continue this work on your own? My belief is, is that I know I can do it. I can do this. I can do hard things. And that is actually one of my affirmations every morning. I can do hard things. And, and now you have so much evidence of hard things that you have done that will boost your confidence as you go. Yes. And I belong in this room. I belong in this room at work. I belong in this room at home. I belong on this podcast. I belong here. And the other thing too is, is that my experiences are my experiences and my story is my story. And that shapes who I am. Just like all of us, we've had hard things in life that we've had to do or that we've experienced. And it, it shapes who you are. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with anything that you've experienced in life. It doesn't make you less than. It just makes you who you are. Yeah. And that is perfect. It's yes. perfect. Thanks, Tracy. Have a great day. Uh-huh. Bye. Bye-bye. If you like today's episode of the Stop Dieting Forever podcast, and you want to learn more about creating a lifestyle instead of following a diet to lose weight permanently, be sure to visit jenniferdent.com. There, you'll learn more about my unique weight loss process and how it can work for you. Go to jenniferdent.com to discover what you can do to stop dieting forever.